You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 327 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's get this show on the road again, shall we, with this new year of our Lord 2023. I hope you follow uh, the podcast in social media, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. I'm, I'm really mostly active on Twitter, where I rant and rave. In this episode, I'm going to discuss a scientific paper I stumbled upon regarding right-wingers in psychedelia. If the authors want to be on the podcast and discuss it, that'd be great. Uh, I tried to ask them, but I never got a, a reply. Anyway, I think I agree with most of their positions in their paper, but there are some aspects I do not agree with and some perspectives I think uh, this paper they've written is lacking. Uh, you can find a link to the paper in the program notes. Uh, all right, um, let's do it. Okay. I want to give some comments to a paper I read. Now this paper brings up many interesting points and I suggest you read it if you're interested. But I think it has a few errors or a few things I don't agree with, at least in terms of perspective. And I thought I would go through them. The paper is called Right Wing Psychedelia, Case Studies in Cultural Plasticity and Political Pluripotency by Brian A. Pace and Neshe Devenot. Not sure how to pronounce it. Neshe Devenot. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, there will be a link in the program notes to the paper. So I'm not going to read the whole uh, paper. I'm just going to read e excerpts and, and um, comment on those excerpts. So here's the first one. Quote. The notion that psychedelic experiences can result in an individual dispositional change has its roots in their association with the cultural and political upheavals of the late 60s and 70s, because this specific time witnessed an explosion in counter-cultural fascination with widely available classical psychedelics like LSD, psilocybin and mescaline, Psychedelics have often been conflated with the progressive and radical politics of the moment, sexual revolution, the civil rights movement and youth radical groups. Yet psychedelic usage by modern and pre-modern culture predates this era and different contexts did not produce individuals with a more progressive politics. So basically they're trying to say that um, just uh, just because psychedelics is associated with progressive politics because of the 60s and 70s doesn't mean psychedelics produces progressive thinking. At least that's how I interpret that. Uh, now, there is plenty of evidence that the LSD-infused counterculture of the 60s was partly orchestrated by the CIA and MKUltra and Operation Chaos. 
The CIA funded various LSD research programs in San Francisco. And it wasn't until 1973 that the CIA terminated MKUltra, or at least that's what they say they did. Uh, if you Google Operation Chaos, you can learn more about it. Uh, the climax of the whole thing was when Charles Manson, uh, a participant in, in these operations, became the fall guy for the Tate LaBianca murders. So that's, uh, but that's all LSD related. When it comes to psilocybin and magic mushrooms, the, the main reason magic mushrooms became a thing in the West is due to an article in Life magazine written by Robert Gordon Wasson, an American author, ethnomycologist and vice president for public relations at J.P. Morgan, a big bank uh, or a big financial institution. In the course of work funded by the CIA, Wasson made contributions to the fields of ethnobotany, botany and anthropology. In fact, Wasson's 1956 expedition was funded by the CIA's MKUltra subproject 58, as was revealed by documents obtained by John Marks under the Freedom of Information Act. And this expedition in 1956 is the one that led to the Life magazine article, which, which made magic mushrooms a thing, which uh, eventually uh, led into the 60s and the summer of love. In short, we have to keep in mind that uh, this uh, leftist progressive culture that people yearn for that happened in the 60s uh, was made possible thanks to right-wingers. So what the paper is trying to say is that uh, it's wrong when people think that psychedelics will automatically create somebody with uh, liberal or progressive politics. Uh, it won't, uh, even though it did in the 60s. But the reason it did in that in the 60s and 70s was because of CIA uh, operations. In a sense, it's thanks to the more right-wing forces in society that, that we even had the 60s. Ironic, isn't it? Um, anyway, the paper continues and says... The assumption that psychedelics leads to progressive politics deserves greater scrutiny, particularly given the hype around positive implications for society. Yeah, but what is progressive politics? Progressive should imply something that moves forward, away from stale old ideas. But that is not what progressive means. Well, it's had many meanings, but in short, it is a social or political movement that aims to represent the interests of ordinary people through political change and the support of government actions. I'm not sure that that is very progressive, that the interests of ordinary people will happen with the support of government actions. Is that a joke? Governments is the greatest purveyor of violence, enforcement, slavery, economic terrorism and general fuckery that we have in the world. You expect them to create true change, real change? If psychedelics leads to progressive politics and if that is progressive politics, then I'm very happy that this paper is saying that psychedelics does not create progressive politics because it can also create right-wing 
politics. Because I, I, at least, I mean, I don't think the paper is, I mean, I guess you could say it's well written, but it's also written in a confusing way. But uh, what they're trying to say with this paper is that there's a try, there's like a right wing aspect to psychedelics uh, right now. And they're trying to say that uh, that's proof that psychedelics uh, does not create a peaceful, loving world. By default, it can, but not by default. Uh, they're trying to say that psychedelics doesn't inherently create somebody that will have progressive politics, but why would we want that even? Because I don't want anybody to lean on government. That doesn't sound progressive at all. Let me quote the paper again. Users of LSD, psilocybin mushrooms, mescaline and or ayahuasca were compared with cocaine and alcohol users as a non-psychedelic control population, finding that those with classical psychedelic experiences were more likely to report less authoritarian beliefs than the non-psychedelic using controls. The media have constructed and proliferated an argument at times encouraged by researchers that psychedelic therapy will lead to a more progressive, inclusive society. Anyone positing that psychedelics, therapeutically or recreationally applied, result in more liberal or anti-authoritarian views must contend with many contemporary and historical counterexamples. So basically they're trying to say, and in a sense I agree with them, that you know psychedelics does not by default lead to a more progressive, inclusive society. But that doesn't mean that what is happening right now is bad. The paper gives countless examples of right-wing connections with psychedelic history, neglecting to point out that the resurgence of psychedelics in modern society happened in the first half of the 21st century, which was ripe with Nazi ideologies. So it's not really a historical counterexample. I mean, 50 years from now, the people in the future, when they study the psychedelic uh, renaissance or the psychedelic industrialization, they will find a lot of LBTQ connections in the psychedelic community, just as we find a lot of Nazi connections in the field back then. Because there were a lot of Nazis, it was more right-wing back then. So it doesn't really say much about psychedelics. It, it says more about what was hip at the time. But when it gives examples, when the paper gives examples like this, I find it a bit cringe. Uh, here is uh, one of those examples. Frederick Brennan was inspired to create the free speech absolutist website, 8chan, while on a psilocybin mushroom trip. When you have uh, free speech absolutism, you will always have people posting shit you don't agree with. I don't see a problem with this. Uh, to me, it sounds like the mushrooms gave Frederick Brennan uh, some good advice. Uh, 
Too bad Brennan didn't listen to his advice uh, that he was given because uh, he then worked to shut the site down because so many people posted things that weren't, weren't good. <laughs> uh, then the paper goes on to talk about QAnon and while I personally don't agree with some of the ideas, I do agree that anyone who tries to discredit the claim that there is an elite of child molesters and groomers uh, or perhaps groomers themselves or unwillingly, indirectly supporting such a child molestation cabal. I mean, come on. The, there's plenty of evidence of this. You don't have to be QAnon to believe it. Uh, I think you would have to be blind not to see that there is a huge pedo problem. The paper goes on. Contemporary commentators should be skeptical of claims that psychedelics lead to any specific essentialized outcomes, including the recent claims about psychedelics increasing environmental concern and liberal politics. First of all, liberal politics, as far as I'm concerned, are just as evil and just as fascist as conservative politics. So I don't understand the point the authors are trying to make. Good, good. I'm happy psychedelics do not lead to liberal politics. As far as increasing environmental concerns, well, it does. If one works with psychedelic plants in the right context, which is in nature, the perfect set and setting, uh, it will. But if we have uh, psychedelic therapy in, in a sterile office uh, medical room place then yeah it might not so it's about set and setting so maybe yeah in a sense they're correct I guess that the psychedelic substance doesn't by default or by itself create uh, such feelings because you have to also uh, include the set and the setting quote for Jordan Peterson as for Richard Spencer an alt-right celebrity and douchebag uh, the existing social hierarchy of western civilization must be protected at all costs from the egalitarian social justice warriors who seek to upend it sure I agree the egalitarianism peddled by the social justice warriors leftists it must be stopped and the right wing conservative garbage also needs to be stopped I don't understand why this particular paper uh, seems to view one side as better than the other side when both sides are equally bad. I know why it does that, because it's a biased paper which doesn't make it as scientific as it tries to portray itself. Um, Author of A Prison for the Mind, Adrian Smith, he wrote about counterfeit spirit and he made an interesting observation that I like. He said that uh, the good values we should strive for, like equity, anti-racism, diversity and inclusion, have become a tool for the state to further its goals of control. Thus they've made wokeism the new state religion. While on their own, they are excellent positions to strive for. I mean, 
diversity inclusion is good. But in the hands of corporate government, they are used as follow. And I paraphrase Adrian Smith when he says, Equity stands for inequality. Preach anti-racism while practicing racism. Diversity means uniformity of thought. Inclusion means exclusion. I've seen the results of this in the last few years and I see it as ironic. But it's not ironic really, it's simply reversed psychology. I talked about this before in the podcast I think, but if you haven't heard it, you hear it now again. Um, Then uh, this paper um, tries to trash Jordan Peterson. And uh, while I'm not a fan of Peterson, I'm not a hater either. I mean, he's alright. I certainly do not think he is either a fascist or a racist or a transphobe. I do think he has become a character and with his new gig at the Daily Wire he has to toe the line to the right-wing agenda that that they are spewing and uh, perhaps he will evolve more in that direction because he's, he's working there. But honestly, I do not think Jordan Peterson is a villain or even if a villain... He's not one worth spending any energy on. Joe Biden is way worse. Uh, because he, he is actually a murderer. And should be locked up with every other president uh, of the last hundred years. So uh, pick your battles. The paper then documents the increase of corporate interests and the abuse that happens in psychedelic therapy. And, and I agree. I do not think psychedelics should be an industry and abuse should be dealt with swift and without mercy. But it seems the authors of the paper have an issue with hierarchies, uh, which is probably why they dislike Jordan Peterson so much, because he is a proponent of hierarchy, that hierarchies are good. And, And we cannot deny hierarchies. I mean, we will never get rid of them. Nor should we. And that's weird you might say. Because are you not an anarchist? How can I support hierarchies. If if I'm an anarchist. Uh, Well. The other day. I uh, had to change the tires. On my car. My, My wife's father came. To help. Because I had no idea how to do that. He was higher. On the hierarchy pyramid than me in terms of that particular skill. So I bowed to his expertise. Only a fool would not. Sure, there are many negative hierarchies, but hierarchy by default is not bad in and of itself. Quote again from the paper. Assertions that psychedelics induce a shift in political beliefs will have to address the many historical and contemporary cases of psychedelic users who remained authoritarian in their views after taking a wide variety of psychedelics or became radicalized after extensive experiences with them. Radicalized? Is that bad? Depends on what is deemed radical, I guess. Uh, This is the problem I have with the paper, because I agree with a lot of it. I just don't... uh, I agree with the essence that... I mean, I know in the psychedelic communities of the world, there's this thing that goes around where if you take psychedelics, you become a good person. 
and you will become more liberal, more left if you take psychedelics. And, and that's simply not true. So I, I agree with the paper on that. Uh, what I disagree with is its portrayal of the uh, its portrayal that the right side or the conservative side or the non-liberal side that 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 it's bad and that it would have been good if psychedelics created progressive liberal minds uh, because the people who wrote this paper uh, seem to be liberals themselves and uh, i agree i i strongly disagree with that because you know uh these days it seems like you're either a good person and you're on the left or you're evil and you're on the right but the thing is psychedelics they do change political so I, I, now I, here comes the disagreement psychedelics do change uh the views politically of the people who take it, I think. At least if they take it in the right set and setting. And I would argue that what psychedelics is excellent at doing is showing you that the left side and the right side, they're both equally retarded. Let me quote the paper again. It is imperative to address these blind spots to advance coherent interdisciplinary socio-political frameworks for analyzing and engaging with the experiential realities and potential implications of psychedelic drug use. <laughs> that sounds like academic verbal diarrhea. Come on, write a proper sentence. I, I, I don't like when when things are written in such a way. It's like... You know, the, um, I'm sure the authors of this paper are for inclusion. And uh, writing like that doesn't include a lot of people because unless they've studied uh, and been in academia for a long time, they, they can't even understand what I just said. Uh, not, not without rereading it a few times. Uh, it's stupid to 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 write like that. Why why, why complicate things? <laughs> you can ask yourself, you know, should psychedelics be studied at all? I mean, they're trying to say that we have to keep these blind spots in mind because uh, if we want to advance a coherent uh, framework for analyzing uh, psychedelic drug use, but sh should we analyze it? Uh, maybe the academ maybe academia should just stay away from psychedelics. Maybe scholars should too. Maybe not try to verbalize this shit and make it political. Maybe that's the way to go. And uh, I don't think because a lot of like neo Nazis take psychedelics, that's proof that psychedelics can't change somebody's position in life it depends on on the set and setting so in conclusion uh, the paper tries to show that psychedelics uh, 
it's not something that creates goodness by default. And I agree with that. So I, I agree with the paper in that sense. Bad people can take psychedelics and not change. Sure. What I don't agree with this paper is that the paper is biased. What it shows as good is not good. And what, is what it shows as bad is not necessarily bad. Some of the things it shows that are bad are bad. But, you know, free speech absolutism is not bad. Being radicalized is not bad. Depends on how you're radicalized. Being conservative, why is that bad? Uh, most indigenous people, and I'm sure they support indigenous people's human rights, most indigenous communities, they're very conservative. Very conservative. So I don't see what, what's the problem with conservative. It depends on how conservative you are and in what way. That's my point. And that's all I really <laughs> wanted to say about that. And I'm sure if the authors of this paper listens to this, they are going to call me right-wing. Even though, dear listeners that have listened to me for a long time, even though you clearly know that I'm not. And I never will be. I knew it! It don't matter what kind of dog food it is, folks. <laughs> it just tastes like shit. If you like this podcast, but want to feast your eyes as well as your ears. Perhaps you should head over to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Simply search Natural Born Alchemist channel on YouTube and it shall appear. Or click the link in the program notes of this episode. I put a lot of effort into the videos I make and hopefully you'll enjoy them. If you want to support me, please subscribe on YouTube and even better, leave a like or a nice comment. YouTube is severely lacking in nice comments. So with your help, let's change that. Anyway, I hope I will see you there. Again, uh, please follow the podcast in social media, subscribe, Spotify, leave a nice review, iTunes, write a nice review. And I'm going to close with Every Man a King, which is a song co-written by Louisiana Governor and United States Senator Huey Long and Castro Carrasso. Huey Long was a flamboyant and demagogic governor of Louisiana and U.S. Senator whose social reforms and radical welfare proposals were ultimately overshadowed by the unprecedented executive dictatorship that he perpetrated to ensure control of his home state. And since he showed both his red and blue sides, I find him interesting. At the height of his power, he was assassinated. I do not support or stand by his views, um, but I do like the song, especially the line, every neighbor a friend with every man a king. Freedom is in the mind. Why we a slumber American land of faith and Jew with castles and clothing and food for who? Oh, 
Be the winter. Yeah.